when I was thinking about Mother's Day today, I had lots of beautiful, soft, cuddly titles for a message that I thought didn't really portray motherhood. So the title of my message today is Expectation Versus Reality. So I figured that kind of encapsulates it. And, and I have a couple of clips this morning for us to have a look at about motherhood, expectation versus reality. They're very quick. Anybody relate? Motherhood. Yes. Sometimes the expectation is not quite the reality. And life is like that, right? Sometimes the expectation we have on the way things will go is, I was going to say sometimes, but often not the way that it actually works out in reality. I remember when, um, when we were having kids, and I was an only child, so the first newborn baby I ever held was Levi. And um, so I had this beautiful idea of what that would look like. You know, I had, I don't know, somewhere in my mind that, you know, this picture of me waking up in the morning, you know, with the perfect makeup and hair and, you know, striding into the room to to wake him up, you know, because he's so cute lying in his cot. And the reality was more like I'd been up 77 times during the night. I didn't know what my name was, what day it was, what time it was. And he was in bed with us anyway, so I didn't have to leave my bed to find him. And as the kids got older, you know, you sort of think, you have this idea, I don't know, I just had this, am I alone? Am I like the only realistic person in the room? Okay, so I had this idea. Another thing that I had was, you know, going on family holidays, you know, we'd get in the car, you see it, you see it on the movies, they get in the car, you play I Spy, it's fun, everyone's laughing, you're playing the, the beautiful music. Well, the first family holiday we ever had, I, we drove to Harvey Bay. Chris can still remember it. And I spent the entire time turned around to the back seat singing every single play school song that I could think of for four hours straight to somehow try and keep the baby in the back um, rem remotely, you know, happy. And then as they got older, I remember thinking, you know, we'd go and it's so exciting and we all love holidays and, you know, I had this picture of us, you know, and it was more like, and maybe this is just me and I'm okay, but it was more like, mum, mum, he's touching me, mum, mum, she's breathing on me, mum, mum, he's looking at me. And then we get, you know, you start off and then it's like, okay, everybody, you look straight ahead, you look out that window, you look out that window and no touching. <laughs> Anybody been there? Expectation versus reality. It gets you every time. John Maxwell has this saying, disappointment is the gap that exists between expectation and reality. And disappointment is not the place you want to live. So this morning I want to look at what, how we can make that gap smaller or cope with the gap. So defi the definition of disappointment is sadness or displeasure caused by the non-fulfillment of one's hopes or expectations. So when expectation and reality don't meet, there's a loss of hope and expectation and sadness and displeasure. Who's ever had displeasure at not quite getting what you think it should look like? Proverbs 13, 12 says, hope deferred 
makes the heart sick. So it's normal to feel disappointed when what you've hoped for and expected isn't quite what reality brings. But then it says, but when desire is fulfilled, it is a tree of life. That's in the Amplified. In the message, it says this, unrelenting disappointment leaves you heartsick, but a sudden good break can turn life around. And so what we're looking for this morning is that sudden good break, the way that we look at our expectations versus reality and how we can make our lives a little bit more realistic maybe and cope with that. Because I think without expectation, because you can go, well, you know, I had a period in my life when I was a surly teenager where I thought, I'm just not going to expect anything and then I'll never be disappointed. That is a really, really sad place to live. It's a sad place to live because without expectation, life is boring, visionless, flat, and no thank you. I can't imagine a life without hope, and that's what we have. Hebrews 6.19 says, We have this certain hope, like a strong, unbreakable anchor, holding our souls to God himself. Our anchor of hope is fastened to the mercy seat, which sits in the heavenly realm beyond the sacred threshold. We need a healthy level of expectation in life, don't we? But the trick is to balance the gap between expectation and reality. So this morning I've got four practical, I want to be practical because it's for the mums in the house today, four practical ways to balance disappointment that I've found myself to be very helpful. Are you ready? Okay. Comparison. Resist it. It's so, so difficult in the world right now with social media particularly. We are constantly confronted with the opportunity to compare our world right now with the highlight world of the influencers out there, aren't we? It's like, oh, I'm ne- and you know what? You are never, ever, 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 ever going to measure up to that because you know why? It's actually not reality. It's not reality. You know, and, I, and you see, I'd love now over the past couple of years, potentially, or a little last little while, where influence of actu- influencers have actually started to de-influence and show you how they have set cameras up, gotten out of bed, gotten all pretty, set cameras up, got back into bed and done the whole, oh, here I am going to check on my baby at whatever. And look at us, we're all here. I don't know about you, but, you know, when we would go out... Um, you know, and you'd get, we had three children, so we'd get them all ready, you know, and you'd get them all beautiful, and then you would be ready to get in the car, and one would have had a poo explosion, and, and potentially the other one would have projectile vomited somewhere, and the other one somehow would have found the peanut paste or something to smear all over themselves. I didn't ha- you know, we didn't have that, oh, here we are, all beautiful, here we go. And I think if you understand that kids are kids, and life is like that, and you stop comparing to what you think it should be, I think we have to get to a point where we just understand that what we see out there sometimes isn't reality. And I I found that it's handy to take inspiration and advice and and maybe um, ideas from that sort of thing and from others, but I need to work out what works for me and for my family because we are unique and your family is unique. The dynamic in your family is unique. The dynamic in your family can be challenging. And if we're constantly trying to compare ourselves to something else, 
When our kids were little, um, my sister-in-law was Mother Earth. She had four children and she just seemed to know intuitively what to do whenever something happened. And I did not have that. I did not have children that would go in a routine ever. And, um, you know, we, and it wasn't for lack of prayer. You know, we prayed. We prayed for um, quiet, compliant... Yeah, stop laughing. Quiet, compli- <laughs> compliant little children. And then I look at the gene pool. We were never going to have quiet, compliant little children. If we did, they would have been someone else's. <laughs> so every family is unique and you have, you know, I've learned to have a real appreciation for the dynamic that is our family, for the strengths that are our family, for the quirkiness that makes, and there's a lot of it, that makes our family And I love that. It makes us unique. I love it. And I love other people's quirky. If you are a routine person, God bless you. I'm still not a routine person. I love and have grown to love what we have. And I've learned to resist comparison because it's death in the pot. Because it's not me. It's not the way I work. It's not my kids. And I don't want to make my kids into something that they're not. I actually, my heart as a mum is that my kids would be everything they were destined to be. Everything and more. They would see more than I have. They would do more than I have. They would achieve more than I have. They would have greater vision than I have, that they would go further than I've been. And so if I continuously compare, then I not only hold myself back, but I hold back the next generation. Number two. Communication is really important with expectation and reality. So communication, keep it clear and honest. Chris and I learned a long time ago that we have very different expectations on most things in life, to be honest. But one of those things was our holidays. Because when we go on holidays, I kind of have this, I don't know, have this idea that We just wake up and decide what we're going to do in the morning. And if I feel like going for a walk on the beach, I will. And if I feel like getting a coffee, I will. And if I feel like sleeping in, I will. But my husband is very much like, we are on holidays. Let's not waste a moment. We will get up before the sun rises and we will go and get a coffee and we will walk on the beach and then we will. And I'm like, for the first number of years, especially with children, because we'd be getting them up to do all said expectations, Holidays were horrific. I'm sorry, I'm just being honest. I'd get home exhausted. And it was not my idea of a holiday. And I was think, I would think, holidays, you know, that's just me doing the same thing in a different place continuously. But then we learned to communicate our expectations. So on the way to holidays, we would have this discussion. Sounds very contrived, but I tell you, it's very wise. Chris would say, what are you expecting from this holiday? And I would say things like, sleep spontaneity, uh, not having to create all the meals and think about every meal and where we're having it. And he would say, well, I want to really get in a routine. And I'm like, God bless you. You go do that. And I will sleep. You can take the children. They'll be up at 3am. So feel free, take them with you. But communication is a key on any level for what, you know, in parenting, you know, we, when we did our beautiful pre-marriage, um, little thing that we did to work out what our strengths were. You know, we agreed on parenting. We agreed on how many children we would have. We are going to have four. We only had three. <laughs> yep. And um, 
I think two was actually my capacity. Then we had Rubes and he was amazing, but then I was done. So um, we agreed on all these things. And I got to tell you, I was a way, way, way better parent before I had children. I knew exactly what needed to happen to that child, exactly how that parent needed to discipline that child or speak to that child. or what. I was a way better parent then. So what we learned was, very quickly once we had children, is that Chris's expectation, he was one of six, I was one of one. I know the, ga- the gap is obvious, but it wasn't to us because um, we were a little bit idealistic. His idea of how it should run and my idea of how it should run, even, even our ideas on discipline, okay, people, were totally different. We totally agreed on paper, but in reality, totally different. And so we had to learn to communicate Otherwise, there would have been disappointment, which leads to resentment, which leads to problems. And we had to learn to communicate. This is what my expectation is. Mine, when I had small children, was my expectation is I will actually make it through today. That is my expectation. I will live on zero amount of sleep for, I don't know, 10 years, and, and I will survive. That was my expectation. So Chris was a little bit higher expectation, so it helped because it helped me to rise. But communication is key. And I think even beyond parenthood, you know, when you start your week, talk about your expectations. We've made it a habit to talk about our week before we start. When we, what are you expecting? What am I expecting? What does your week look like? What does my week look like? Whereabouts do our weeks intersect? How many nights are you going to be out? How many nights am I, who's cooking dinner? That has saved us so much issue because we actually communicate. So keep it clear and honest. Number three, this is going to be unpopular. Compromise is your friend. Compromise is your friend. You know, with our kids and as they grew up, I just determined, and now hear me right on this, particularly as they got bigger and got their own opinions, who's in that stage, bigger, own opinions, not particularly, you know, you go from being the centre of the universe, knowing everything, then they go to prep and then year one and everybody, you you don't know anything. By the time they reach 12, it's like you never really existed. And what would you know? What would you know? Because you never... Anyway. So I chose relationship over being right. Because, you know, I really like to be right. Chris will tell you that. I really like to... Even if I've got to cheat, I want to be right. If I've got to bend the rules, just once. I just want to be right once. But I chose with my children relationship over being right because... This is a long journey. My eldest, Levi, is 30 this year. Still 29. Still 29. Yep, 29 till December. Still 29. Very young, under 30. And, um, and my baby is 20. How old are you this year? 23 this year. Hello, Reuben. Earth to Reuben. 23. Texting on the front row. See? Relationship over being right. I'm sure he was texting me a beautiful Mother's Day message. That's what he's doing. Formulating an Insta post to say how wonderful his mother was, weren't you, Rubes? But I just chose that really, because I figured that this is a long haul. Like, nobody told me that parenthood. I know, again, maybe my expectation was weird, but nobody told me that it went forever. 
being a mother. Kind of figured that once they were big and left. I don't know. I don't know. It's weird. But anyway, it goes forever. You are always, 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 aren't you, Linda? The mum. <laughs> always the mum. So I chose relationship over being right. Does that mean that I just let them do everything? No, it does not. What it meant was that I chose my battles wisely because at the end of the day, I understood that this is a long, long haul and I didn't want to die on the wrong hill. So, you know, piercings, tattoos, hair colours, hairstyles, clothing choices, all of those things. I'm not going to die on those hills because I want to have relationship with my kids until I am no longer here. So compromise. Pick your battles wisely. Choose relationship over being right. And don't die on the wrong hill. Don't blow up your relationship with your kids because you just want to be right. Number four. Am I going good? Contentment is a big thing in the gap between expectation and reality. Contentment, I actually preached on contentment a little while ago, so if you want an extrapolated version of this, then go find that on YouTube. But don't neglect contentment. And contentment means to be happy with what you have, with who you are, and where you are. It's respecting the reality of the present. It's appreciating what you do have and where you are in life. It doesn't mean the absence of desire. It doesn't mean settling for less. It just means you're satisfied with your present and you trust that it turns, the turns that your life will take are for the best. You know, I've learned to be content. I've learned to be grateful for the things in life that are some, sometimes underrated, for our health, for our kids, for where we live, for what we do, you know, and it only takes a moment of tragedy or a moment of sadness or a moment of challenge for you to really understand that you can be grateful for what you have right now. It's only when things are gone. This is my first Mother's Day without my own mum. And, you know, for me, it's, it's kind of bittersweet because it's like your mum is always there. She's always there. And my mum had dementia towards the end, and so some of her was there. She was still very quirky. But it's my first Mother's Day without my mum, and I, it, it's made me grateful for what I had. And so I'd encourage you this morning, don't wait to be content and grateful until you don't have what you had anymore. Philippians 4, 11, 13 says, Not that I speak from any personal need, for I have learned to be content and self-sufficient through Christ, satisfied to the point where I am not disturbed or uneasy, regardless of my circumstances. I know how to long and live humbly in difficult times, and I also know how to enjoy abundance and live in prosperity. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing life, whether well-fed or going hungry, whether having an abundance or being in need, I can do all things which he has called me to through him who strengthens and empowers me to fulfill his purpose. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. I am ready for anything, equal to anything, through him who infuses me with inner strength and confident peace. I love that. I have learned to be content. 
You know, if you've been someone that has moved around, when we were first in ministry, we were part of this church, and then we went out to Crow's Nest for seven years. And we left this church, and Levi was 10 months old, a baby on our hip, and we went to Crow's Nest. And everybody who was still here was at the same age and stage as us, and we went somewhere where Levi was the only child in the church, and we were the youngest, I think, or almost the youngest by many, many years. And I worked out that sometimes in life, the most precious thing you have is actually what you take with you. We went with our family. When we came back in here, we left everything that we'd built out there and all the people that we had relationship, and we came back here with who we were. And I was content with that. As long as we can journey on in our family unit and be together, I am content with that. We have learnt to live with not very much. I'd rather live with more, if I'm honest. But we've learnt to live with not very much. We've learnt to live when it's tight. But we've learnt to live in abundance. And it's better, I tell you, it's better. But the season that we lived when it was tight taught us so much about ourselves, our resilience, our family, what was important. It highlighted what was important. When everybody else was going off to Dreamworld on the weekends with their family passes, we were scraping around to find enough money to go to the crow's nest pool. But you know what? I don't think we really missed anything because we did it together. I've learned to be content. It's choosing to be grateful for what you have right now. And I know mum's in the house. That's a struggle some days on very limited sleep. It's a struggle. But I, I learnt to say to myself, this is only a season. You know, if, if Reuben was, he still lives at home. If he was still waking up seven times a night and waking me up to eat, he would be an issue at 22. But he's not. It's only a season. Celebrate the small wins. Learn to be content. Embrace the stretch And it's a stretch. Motherhood for me, parenthood to me, has been the most challenging thing I have ever and still continue to do in my life. But it's also been the most rewarding thing and the thing that has brought most growth in my life and the thing that has drawn me so close to Jesus. Because some days I just don't know how to do it. But I know that he does. And I think, too, it's important to choose joy. It's important to choose joy. I remember when our kids were little and we were living in Crow's Nest and um, this song came out. I think it was, was it Michael Card? There's a joy in the journey. And I thought that was the most ridiculous song I'd ever heard in my entire life. There is a, does he not know where I'm living right now? Does he not know that I'm not getting any sleep right now? Like, that is great. It's joy in the journey for other people. But something in that resonated with me, and I understood that I needed to find the joy in the journey. So not sleeping became hilarious. It's amazing what you can function on without any sleep. Amy and Tyler, who didn't have any sleep last night. It's amazing. When you look at it and think, well, it's a season, and it's actually quite hilarious because you have the most hilarious conversations when you're sleep deprived and you do the most hilarious things. You cook the most ridiculous dinners because you just can't string thoughts together. It's finding the joy in the journey. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18 says, let joy be your continual feast. Make your life a prayer. And in the midst of everything, be always giving thanks for this is God's perfect plan for you. You know, joy, I realised this week, is very high on the list of fruits of the Holy Spirit. Love. 
love, joy. Second, love, joy, peace is great too. But love, joy. You know, we are told to have love, but there is joy. Joy is the second in the list. It's in the top three. And I want to encourage you this morning, just as we close, really look at this morning the gap that you have at the moment between your expectation and reality. Use the four C's that I talked about before. What did we talk about? I've got to go back and find them. Can you remember them? Comparison. What are we going to do with that? Resist it. Communication. What are we going to do with that? Keep it clear and honest. Compromise is your friend. And contentment. Don't neglect it. And finally, it's not up there. But look for the joy. Look for the joy in the journey. Do you know, you are usually, I would say most of the time, doing way better than you think. We are our worst critics because we know what we think it should look like and when it doesn't look like what we think it should look like, we can become our worst critic. I want to encourage you today that you are doing better than you think and not just you, but when we walk alongside Jesus, when we allow the power of his Holy Spirit to come into our lives, when we have the ability to pray and seek him, when we understand the way he looks at us, then we can actually do anything. We can actually do anything. Ephesians 3.20, my favorite verse in the entire world, says this, never doubt God's mighty power to work in you. So wherever you're at right now, never doubt that God is able to do something amazing in you and accomplish all of this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all for his miraculous power constantly energises you. If you are feeling today like you're in a place where you just can't, you might be a mum in the house and you're sleep deprived and you've been sleep deprived for months if not years and you feel like you just can't. Maybe it's a family circumstance and it's just overwhelming and you just feel like, I can't. We all get there. I just can't. I can't. I can't. I can't do another day. I can't say another thing. I can't put another boundary in place. I just can't. Let Ephesians 3.20 encourage you because you're not doing it alone. Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all of this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request. What's your greatest request for what you're facing right now? What's your most unbelievable dream for what you're facing right now? Are you willing to believe that he will exceed your wildest expectation? That he will outdo them all? Because he loves you and because his miraculous power constantly energizes you. Don't sweat the small stuff. You know, the, the biggest lesson I've learned as a mum, as a parent, actually in any era of my life, is that when I can't, he can. You know, I've become very capable over the years with experience. But there are still moments when I can't, but I know that. He can. And the way to access the He can is to simply ask, is to simply take a moment. I can remember all through my journey of motherhood and even now, 
I get in my car and I put on some music and I say very honestly, you know, God, I just, I can't. I don't have the answer. I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. I don't know who to talk to, but I can talk to you. And so I just ask you to just help me, give me wisdom, bring someone alongside me, change the circumstance. I just give it to you today. I give it to you today. I just wanted to finish with reading Psalm 139, 14 to 18. And when I read it, it made me smile a little bit, the first line. And it's for each and every one of us this morning. And it says this, I thank you, God, for making me so mysteriously complex. (laughs) Everything you do is marvellously breathtaking. It simply amazes me to think about it. How thoroughly you know me, Lord. You even formed every bone in my body when you created me in the secret place. Carefully, skillfully, you shaped me from nothing to something. You saw who created me, who you created me to be before I became me. Before I'd even seen the light of day, the number of days you planned for me were already recorded in your book. Every single moment you are thinking of me. Every single moment he is thinking of you. How precious and wonderful to consider that you cherish me constantly in your every thought. Oh God, your desire towards me are more than the grains of the sand on every shore. And when I awake each morning, you are still with me. And as you go through your life, as you go through your day, as you go through your week, as you navigate parenting, as you navigate work, as you navigate life, I want you to go out this week and remember that you are constantly in his thoughts, that you are never out of his thoughts, that every moment he is with you and every moment he is ready for you to open your heart and say, I need, need your help. I need your wisdom. It's like, come, let me refresh you. Come, let me give you wisdom. Come, let me give you peace. Come, let me give you space. And that can be hard as a mum with small children, but we're pretty good at finding time. So I just wanted to encourage you this morning, keep your eyes on Him because He is the way through this. He is the one who will keep our eyes uplifted. He is the one who thinks you're amazing, who knows your capacity, who knows you can do this, who has set the days in motion. So keep your eyes on Him. I wonder if we could stand together today. I know that was pretty simple and pretty practical, but I wanted it to be that way because I feel like we need to leave here this morning understanding that no matter what we're facing, whether it's parenthood, whether it's one of those curved balls in life that just comes that we don't see coming, He is with you in it. He's with you in it. And I, I wonder would it be okay this morning If you're a mum in the house, because it's Mother's Day, and we rarely focus on the mums, the heroes in the room. If you're a mum in the place this morning, and you're facing just, it's just hard. It's a hard season. It's a hard moment. You might be sleep deprived. You might be, have kids that are making decisions that you just don't know how to tackle or handle or walk through. 
I wonder if you would be brave enough this morning to just raise your hand and I'm just going to pray. Is that okay? I know you're here. I know there's more than one. If you appreciate prayer this morning for where you're at, just for God to breathe on you, to give you that stability to keep going, to speak peace into your life, to speak wisdom into your life, to speak strength into your spirit, to give his beloved sleep, it says, that might be you this morning. Lord, I just thank you today. I thank you for the mums in the house. I thank you for their love. I thank you for their capacity. Thank you for the, the way that they apply themselves every moment of every day to the well-being and the welfare of their families. So, Lord, I pray today. I wonder if there's a mum near you. Why don't you put your hand on their shoulder? Let's pray for them together, church. Lord, I pray today. I pray today. There is a river of life that flows through you today. There is a river of life that flows through you. And today, as we stand here in His presence, I just believe it is bringing strength to you. It is bringing peace to you. It is bringing wisdom to you. It is bringing growth and capacity to you. It is bringing faith to you. It is bringing vision to you this morning to see beyond what you see, to believe beyond what's being presented to you right now. I thank you, Lord, for bringing breakthrough where it needs to come today. I thank you for your spirit of peace on troubled hearts in this place this morning. I thank you, Lord, for bringing your beloved sleep today for those who are sleep deprived. I thank you, Lord, for wisdom as we navigate this thing called motherhood and parenthood. I thank you, Lord, for that peace that passes all understanding to guard our hearts and our minds as we pray for our sweet children wherever they are at today. And thank you, Lord, for doing exceedingly abundantly above what we could ever ask for, imagine or dream of, that we today leave here trusting you for what is good and pure and holy and amazing. And we thank you for it. We thank you for each mum here. Pray that they would feel your presence and your blessing today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.